his life there. I love this um, picture he had on his Facebook page from when he was baptized. He knew the Lord. He was a father, a brother, a friend, but most importantly, a child of God. He had his little guy there. You guys can see him and his love for music. And he passed away on Monday. And so his roommate and friend for over a decade, Chris, is here today. And I've invited Chris, why don't you come on up and share a few words with us. And look, he's got his box of tissues. You want to use this here? Thank you. Mm. Lord bless him. I know this has been a hard week. Thank you, Pastor Mary. Uh, my name's Chris. Um, Gary and I uh, were very fortunate to meet about 2010. Then we ended up moving in together in about 2012. And as any friendship goes, you know, we had good days and we had bad days. And he always made sure, though, to uh, really do his best to like really cheer me up whenever whenever I was. Uh, depressed or something, especially like when my dad passed away. Um, a few good memories of him. Was, uh, um, our little dog, Kratos. <laughs> uh, my dad passed away in 2016 in August. And right to the date, a year later, we got Kratos. So it was like a uh, Gary, Gary sort of like joked around and said, your dad lives in the dog because actually the dog was very stubborn. <laughs> so he, he doesn't like to listen <laughs> as little dogs do. So he, he joked around a lot about saying that, you know, my dad, my dad sort of like manifested a little bit inside of the dog, but uh, we know that my dad's in heaven. <laughs> um, he was a great cook too. Uh, the best thing that he made was... Um, Ribs on the grill. My, my forte is egg rolls, but his was definitely uh, ribs. Um, please bear with me. Um, one, one of the good things that I really remember, um, I grew up, I didn't like sports, never got into any kind of sports, and very seldom watched uh, baseball with my dad. Well, one year, uh, Gary wanted to buy uh, Madden 12 for the Xbox. So he played it, and for almost a year, it sat on the shelf collecting dust. Me not liking football or any sports was like, nah, forget it. So he came out, and he goes, why don't you try it out with me? You know, if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to play it. So needless to say, we put it in, and... Uh, from that day on, I fell in love with football. <laughs> so, up and my teams are uh, Seahawks, Chiefs, and sort of the Lions. So, we always we always joke around about the Lions and Stafford. So, um, let me think. Uh, he did have a, a very amazing uh, singing voice too. Um, he really loved the Lord big time, and and I remember um, he told me that. Uh, long time ago he used to sing in bars and everything and one day God spoke to him and said you're going to be singing but you're not singing for them you're going to be singing for me 
So um, needless to say, he ended up uh, going to church one day, and that was all she wrote. Uh, he just gave his life over to the Lord and uh, sang always for him. And now I know that he's definitely singing for Jesus. So um, that's all I got for right now. And thank you, for everybody, for your support and your love. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor Mary. Why don't we pray for Chris? I know this has been a really hard week. Father God, we just lift up to you, Chris. We just ask you to give him your peace and comfort. Help him know that he's not alone. Help him to be reassured that he will see Gary again, that Gary is up there getting his room ready. Gary knows exactly his favorite foods. Gary knows what things to put on the wall. Gary knows, and he went up first to get it all ready. So when Chris joins him in heaven, he will be at peace and be at comfort, knowing that his friend prepared this wonderful place. We just ask you to be with him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh. Can you hand me my Bible there? I brought all that over to clear place. Did you want to share a few words? No? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to share with you. <laughs> he knows I can do it with my Bible, but if I have my notes, it's about half as long. So if I do it from memory, you'll get, you'll get me going a little bit more. So, oh. When COVID hit, you know, we did everything online. And so, you know, we had to end our worship nights and we had to end um, meeting in, in person for those first few months. And so what we did instead was we did the drive-through giveaways. So we encouraged people to um, just drive through and, and get what they needed. And, and so Gary and Chris would come through and then, then they began to realize that I was praying. And so I would, when people would come through, you know, of course at that time you couldn't find toilet anywhere, toilet paper anywhere. And that's one of the things we always give out in our blessing shop. So they'd come through, and, and I was praying for them. And I remember towards the end, they'd come through, and they'd be like, we don't even need anything. We just want prayer. And so they would come through, and I would pray over them and talk to them. And then what was interesting is at the end of this last year, we were still doing once-a-month giveaways, and I had announced from the pulpit that we wanted to make sure that everybody had a, a Christmas dinner with a ham. I just felt like, I just felt like that, that makes a Christmas dinner. I don't know why ham. You can have Christmas dinner with roast or with turkey or other things, but I wanted to make sure everybody had a ham dinner. And, and so Chris and Gary came right over, and they said, we want to buy some hams. We want to make sure, you know, that we have enough things. And so we talked, and, and I think they ended up getting us some oranges and some different, you know, fruits and things to add to it. But, you know, that was their heart. That was Gary's heart, you know, you go, you, you get the need, you get the prayer when you need it, and then when you can give to somebody else, you make sure you go and you give and you do. So I was very thankful for him being a part of this church, being a member. Um, I, even though this last month he hadn't been feeling very well, I would call him on the phone and talk to him and pray with him. And, and we know where he is. See, God's word is very clear in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it said, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
See, Gary wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Shocker, in case you like have pride issues and you think you're perfect. Let me be the first to tell you, you're not. So, you know, Gary knew he wasn't perfect. He knew I wasn't perfect. But what's great is you don't have to have perfection to accept Christ. You just have to believe. God's word is so clear. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, many of us, though, are told that once we accept Christ, once we become Christians, then we have to be perfect. And the truth is, not even then. One of my favorite passages here is in John chapter 3, and most of you know John chapter 3, verse 16, and obviously verse 17 is my favorite. That's what we have on the wall here, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, that eternal life, that's the life when we're sitting there saying, well, what happens after I die? Where will I go? Most of us accept Christ because of that. We think about death and we think about forever and eternity and we think, I want to know that I'm going to go to heaven, you know, so, so we make that commitment. But then the rest of the time, you know, we live hell on earth, don't we? And Satan, he, he manipulates us. He puts thoughts in our head. And sometimes we con- feel condemned all the time. Sometimes we're just not at peace. There's all kinds of things. Sometimes we blame God. We think, well, why did God let this happen? Why did God do this? Why did God, you know, have this happen or this happen in my life? And I have to remind people then of John 10.10, 10, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, there is a devil, how was the devil created? I've had people ask me that, you know. It's, see, we are given free will, just like the angels were given free will. And Lucifer decided he could do life without God. And the absence of God, the absence of good is evil. Evil wasn't created. Evil was what occurred with the absence of God. I use this to explain it to many people. Think about dark. I can't buy a dark machine. I can't turn the dark up in this room, but I can turn the lights off. I can block out the sunlight. I can eliminate the source of light. That is the only way to put darkness in a room. See, God is the same way. He is the light. And evil doesn't get created. It's when you run away from God. It's when Lucifer turned his back on God. And so here it is, the devil evil Satan and he wants to kill he wants to destroy he wants to steal from you he's not a gentleman I always when people say well but why didn't God do something and I always remind them God is a gentleman that is why Jesus said you must pray be like the persistent widow that she went to the unjust judge day after day after day you must ask. There's this great passage where it says, you have not because you ask not. See, God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us. We have to invite him in. We have to draw close to him. But see, Satan, he's no gentleman. Satan, he looks for a void. Think about that. That's what darkness does, doesn't it? It looks for a void. If there's no light in our basement, darkness is there. Darkness is in the back corners. Darkness is wherever the void is. You have to turn on the light to expose what is going on. See, this passage talked about this light and dark in our life. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, 
that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, we're told here in John 3.17 that God did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. The rest of the John 10.10 passage says, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. I love how that's two parts. See, I came to give you life. That's the eternal life we get when we go to heaven when we die. That's where Gary is. And he is up there. He is ready for us. He knows we're coming. But then there's also life to the full while we're here on earth. The prophecies that talked about the Messiah coming talked about the forgiveness of our transgressions. Those are our one-time sins. But also talked about the forgiveness of our iniquities. Those are the sins that we struggle with. And then it says that by his wounds we are healed and the punishment that brought us peace was put on him. See, four things were promised when Christ went to the cross. Our physical healing for our body, our spiritual healing of forgiveness of sins so that we can go and be with Christ, and then for us to have peace while we're here on earth, and that's peace for our souls so that no matter what's going on around us, I can be confident in knowing who Christ is. It goes on in this John chapter 3 passage. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in Christ is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But... Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. I love this passage. You know, first few times I ever heard it or read it, I thought that he's saying, anybody who does evil, they're just in the dark. And I thought, oh no, I do evil every day. I have impure thoughts. I have things that I know make me, you know, fall very short from the glory of God. Like all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? But then I read it again with Holy Spirit wisdom, and I said, wait a minute here. It says, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. What is this passage saying? He's saying that people who claim Christ and live in the light, you've made mistakes too, but you know it's going to be seen plainly. You know that God knows it. You know that he still accepts you, that he doesn't condemn you, that you can be a Christian and be imperfect. Those that want to hide it, though, in the dark, they don't want to go to Christ. They don't want to accept Christ. They're afraid. They feel condemned. And they're not being condemned, though, by Christ. That is Satan putting condemnation on them. So Gary, he stood in the light. Things that he did that were wrong, it was seen plainly. God knew. But because of his belief in Jesus, he was clean. He was forgiven. Because he had accepted Christ, he gets to see heaven. And that is what he wants for all of us. Gary wants all of us to accept Christ as well. He wants to know that one day he'll have that time in heaven to 
maybe reconcile with some of his loved ones that he didn't get a chance to say goodbye to. That's, that's the thing, you know, a lot of times when, when a death is unexpected, we have regrets, right? There's, there's some of us here that might be sitting in this room that's thinking like, oh, I wish I would have called him one more time, right? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do this? But guess what? You get to see him again. You get to see Gary again in heaven. And that's when you'll get to have that one more cup of coffee, that one more talk on the phone, that one more family dinner. The question is, is will we meet him in heaven? Have you accepted Christ? Do you understand that once you accept Christ, God doesn't expect you to be perfect? But he wants you to know it's going to be plainly seen. He's going to know. He Actually, what the people in the dark don't realize is God already knows. <laughs> he already knows. But when we accept Christ, we're made clean. See, when I go before the Lord before God on judgment day, and I stand before God. See, we're judged for the good and for the bad, right? And they say, first, you know, you did this, 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 and it's all the stuff that I wish I wouldn't have done and that might have hurt me or hurt others. And I'm going to be like, yep, I'm guilty. Well, the punishment is this. And then Christ is going to step in and he's going to say, I already paid the price. Right? It's kind of like, I, I remember reading this little story, and I don't know if it's true, but I just loved I loved the point it made. It said there was a very, very small town. And this young lady, she was speeding one day, and the police officer pulled her over, and she got a speeding ticket. In that town, you had to go before the judge, and he had to determine you know, if there was other circumstance and this and that and how much your ticket was. So she showed up that day to the courtroom and with her speeding ticket, and she was supposed to pay $100. And the judge, who was her father looked at her and said, were you speeding that day? And she said, yes, sir, I was. And he says, all right, I pronounce you guilty. He put the hammer down on the table. And then he stood up and he took off his robes and he set it on the chair. And he got down and he stood next to her and he put his arm around her. And he said, okay, daughter, let's go pay your ticket. And he pulled out his wallet and he handed her the $100 and they went down to the bailiff and paid her fine. See, God is a just God. He knows that we're guilty. We're all guilty and fallen short of the glory of God. But he's paid our fine for us. He has taken on our punishment for us. He knows we're still struggling, and he still loves us and still calls him to, a, to him. So I can stand in the light and know this is me. This is it. This is where I'm at in life. But thankfully, Christ has paid my way. We get two wonderful gifts. We get heaven when we die, and we get peace while we're here on earth. We have to access it. It's kind of like when I go into the dark closet and I don't turn on the light. I fumble around in the dark. I have to choose to go and click the light on. You can turn on the light in your life here today. Most of you know the Our Father prayer, right? Join with me if you know it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm sorry there at the end. I kind of...
I want us to remember that prayer, though. We know this prayer. And did you notice the part where it said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Jesus gave us that prayer, and he wants us to pray that because he wants us to have heaven on earth, but he wants us to ask for it, to ask for that. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We receive that eternal life from Christ. And one of the rewards is that when we die, we get to go home. I'm going to have you cue up that home song by Chris Tomlin. Just sit in your seats for a second and listen to this song. When my mother was passing away, it brought me a lot of comfort.
to remind all of us that Gary went home this week, I feel is a privilege of our church body. It's called a family of Christ. Most of us spend more time with our church family than we do with our extended family that live in different areas of the state or of the country or the world. Week after week, we come together. We pray for each other. We hear about what's going on. See, Satan always wants to isolate us. That's why Jesus talks about, you know, leaving the 99 sheep somewhere safe and going after that lost one to bring them in because we as people... We're not meant to do life all on our own. So we can come together and we can have these times of remembrance. Part of it is remembering that we are not immortal. One day we'll go home. One day we will go to heaven. In Revelations chapter 21, talks about the new heaven and the new earth after Christ comes back. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice shout from the throne, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. I love this. It reminds us that right now, there is crying. There is pain. We do miss the loved ones. But in heaven, there will be no tears. There will be no crying. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are true, trustworthy and true. It does go on. I know she might not have the verses there, but it says, he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the springs of the water of life. Are you thirsty? Do you need something more in your life? The world offers us lots of things. It says, oh, if you're thirsty, have a bottle of booze. Oh, if you got a hole in your heart, find it with women and find it at the bar and find it, right? See, Christ gives us something that springs up inside of us. The water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. When we accept Christ, the Bible tells us and reassures us that we become his children. See, when we're kids, and we screw up, and we tell our parents off, and we do this and that, their love doesn't change. They might think we're being sassy, and we, we, the parents might be a little upset once in a while, you know, but thankfully, God... He loves us unconditionally. His blessings never end. His, it doesn't, his feelings for us never change. 
I'm going to pray over all of you, and my heart is that if you've never accepted Christ, you will simply, in your heart, make that decision. Say, Christ, I accept you. I don't quite get it all. I don't quite understand the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't make any sense. And, you know, maybe you can make an appointment with me. The, the Welcome Booth has pastoral visitation cards. I can come to your house and come here, and I can explain to you the, the in-depth. But accepting Christ, that's just a sleep of faith. That's just saying, I know that I'm not on this world to be alone anymore. And I want to accept Christ. And one day, I too will go to heaven where there will be no more weeping, where there will be no more pain. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to remember Gary and his life and his decision to follow you. We thank you that you give us so much more than what the world offers. And for many of us today, it might be the first time, but we say, I accept Jesus. I accept the Savior that you sent to forgive me, to pay my price. I accept heaven. I accept eternity with you, God. I want to be your child. I want you to love me even when I make mistakes. I want to be able to stand in the light and let it be seen plainly before you that, yep, I, I, I've done some things, but you forgive me. You have me in your arms. And I ask you, Father God, for every single person that made that decision today, or maybe they've recommitted their lives. Maybe they knew before, but they make a new decision today to give them your peace, to give them your comfort, give them your wisdom, give them a desire to learn more, to understand you, and to cry out to you in their times of need. And I ask you to bless them, Father God. Bless them so radically that they'll know it is you who are with them. We honor you, Father God, and we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross to forgive us, be poured over all of us right now. Make us new. Make us clean. Make us ready for heaven. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Before you go, I've asked Jesse to sing us one last song. Some of you may have heard it. It's, it's a very popular cultural song. It's by, I think, is it Elton John? Tears... From Eric Clapton, I'm sorry. You can tell I'm really versed in all the music, but I'm sure Gary would know and has heard this song before. It was written when um, Eric Clapton's son passed away as a memory of the fact that the son is in heaven and there will be no tears there. Carry on, go.
Gary was very proud of his beautiful nieces, especially the one that could sing, but sometimes memorial services are the hardest times to share those talents, so that's why we had asked Jesse to, to sing a song for us, so thank you, Jesse. I'm going to leave you with this, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. 
He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father God, I ask you to bless these people. We thank you that Gary is with you, that you have prepared a place for him, that he is in your house forever. For all of us that are still here on earth, help us, comfort us, and make sure that our hearts are right with you, that we have accepted Jesus, so that one day we too will join Gary in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed. This blessing shop is open downstairs, and please check out the welcome booth if it's your first time, as we do have a welcome gift for you. Thank you.